kind of reminds me of uh, some past I remember where I would be sitting in the front and in a, in a past church, I would be sitting in the front and I would never know, it would just, there would be nobody there when I sat down. And then when I would turn around, suddenly it would be full. This is full. Good to see you. Uh, and I think I mentioned this before, but I've just been blown away. Uh, I think this church has the longest greeting time of any church I've ever been in. It's like I did my appropriate ten people that I greeted, and then I was going to go sit down, and you kept on greeting and greeting. It's like, wow, very friendly. Very, it's great. Remind, it just always reminds me of Al, Pastor Al. He's just that kind of a person, very people-oriented. I'm not, by the way, so I just do my ten, and then I sit down. <laughs> At our church, I go to the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We have a one-minute greeting time. It, Play, you know, there's a countdown, and I usually make it about 30 seconds, then I'm sitting down. So. Well, uh, thanks for allowing me to spend some time with you today. Yesterday, or the day before, on Friday, my daughter uh, went on a retreat up in, uh, uh, it's actually Albrightsville, Pennsylvania. If you go to Stroudsburg, and then you go further and 209 south and then a little bit more into the hinterlands. It's up there. It's up there fairly close to a Camelback uh, Ski Resort. It's out there. So she, but she has a motorcycle, so a 1977 Suzuki. And um, so she wanted to take it. So she took it. You know, I tried to make sure it was in good shape. and She took it. I got a call Friday evening about 5... 30, saying, hey, Dad, uh, it's not running. So we talked about what was going on. She was about 15 minutes from where she needed to be. And, and so she could call somebody who was there that could come pick her up and then take her there. And uh, so we decided, okay, uh, you just go ahead, leave the bike there. It's in a good place. I'll come up Saturday morning, yesterday morning. So yesterday morning, I packed my tools on my bike and uh, jumped on and and headed out there. It takes about two hours to get there. So I started out, and I'd been going for about 30, 40 minutes. And, and I, it, you, you could pass the city and all that stuff. You start getting into a little bit better open road. And, and uh, I started thinking, oh, I should think about what's going on with this bike. So at least when I get there, I have some options you know, that I can address. Hopefully fix it. So I was starting to think about that. It's like the Lord said to me, Bill, don't think about it. You don't have to worry about this right now. Just enjoy the ride. You've been wanting to have this long ride for a while. Here it is. I'm giving it to you. Enjoy this ride. But don't I have to think about, you know, be prepared, you know, because this is going to... No, just enjoy the ride. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it when you get there. So, best as I could, I enjoyed the ride. It was quite a nice ride. And it was a nice day. A little cooler than I thought, but it was a nice day. I did have to go to the bathroom at one point pretty badly. That's always an interesting thing. That was a little distracting. Uh, but, you know, I was riding along and, and uh, stopped at the Delaware Water Gap for a few moments, took a break, and went up. You know, once you get off, off of uh, the 80, Route 80 on 209, that's even nicer. Once you get off of 209, that's even nicer. Now you've got, you know, curvy rides and nice scenery and... But my, my daughter had taken, you know, that GPS thing that, you, that holds, holds your GPS? You put that on your handlebar so you can 
follow it. But she had it. I didn't. And I had no idea where she was. So I was, I, I, I had her address, and I think, but, you know, it's not like you can, you know, suddenly just keep driving along and take your hands off the handlebar and look, find out where you are on the GPS. I have to stop to look at it, find it out, and then, uh, long story, by the way, it took me three and a half hours to find her bike because I kept getting lost, missing roads and whatnot. But I got off at 209, end of the ramp, stopped, because now I had to find out where she was, you know, and take out my GPS again, and my bike stopped. It wasn't running all that well suddenly. But I checked it out, and then and we got going. And ultimately found the bike. But it seems to me that for many of us, rather than enjoy the ride, enjoy the moment, enjoy this minute, we're worried about what's going to happen over there, when we get there, when tomorrow comes, when that bill comes, when that test is being taken, will I pass, will I get the certification, will I get the promotion, what happens when I go to this doctor, what will be the diagnosis? We are spending a lot of time, I have spent most of my life in the future rather than in the present. And I have missed an awful lot. I've, I've not enjoyed the ride. I've not enjoyed the people in front of me, the moment in front of me, what God's doing right now. I've spent so much time thinking about the future, worrying about the future. I used to have a, a landlord. He's now about 87. Uh, godly, godly man, good friend. He would always tell me, oh, don't worry about anything. I don't know about him. I always, that was always suspect to me. Very godly man. But I know for me, I worry about everything. I worry about what you think about me right now. I worry about, well, is this, what will, Al, will Al feel okay about what I did? I worry about will I get home on the bike because, you know, it's always got issues. My, my, I just discovered my, uh, uh, what do you call it, speedometer broke. Always something, right? There's always something to worry about. And I discover in my life, I, I worry about how do people think about me? Did I say the right thing? Uh, uh, what about the bill that's coming tomorrow? And I don't, you know, there's always something. I've lived so much of my life like that. It sucks the joy out of life. It sucks the joy out of the moment. It gets, it's very distracting. It's really hard to have good relationships then because you're always thinking about those kind of things. That's not what God wants. That's not God's intention. God wants us to live fully in the moment. He wants us to enjoy the ride. He wants us to enjoy this moment, tomorrow, that other moment. We'll get to that. But he wants us to enjoy right now. But we get sucked up. You know, that's why a lot of people go to drinking or drugs. Because they're trying to get away from the worry and the fear. Well, so how do we deal with that? You've, you've, heard, you've heard messages about worry before. There's many out there. I know that you've heard them. I've heard them. So this morning I'm here as a, a voice of reminder to you. A reminder that maybe might take you a little bit deeper. 
Quite frankly, this is, I think, the third or fourth time I've preached this message because I need it. I need it. Because this message helps me, and it's been very significant for me. So I'm hopeful that it can help you move a little bit further. Every time I preach it or think about it, it moves me a little bit forward more and more in my confidence that I can live in this moment. I can live here today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't even have to worry about one hour from now. I don't have to worry right now that my daughter is actually riding her bike home as we speak. I'm hopeful I'm not getting an email because that's not a good sign if I get a text or email. So Lord, help us today. Just in these few moments, God, help us to, to rest more fully in who you are as we reflect and remember. Lord, I know these are not new thoughts. God, we just need to be reminded, so stir up new levels of faith for us today that we might enjoy what you have intended for us and release what you've intended for only you. Holy Spirit, come now. Help me. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is one of the best passages of the Psalms, I think. You know, it's a great passage. It tells us about God. And so, so we know in the beginning, God says, uh, or the David says, the writer says, uh, I know all about you. I know what you think. I know when you th- are thinking it. I know what's going on. Hey, by the way, God knows what you're thinking right now. Oh, that pastor, he's boring. I wish he would be done. He knows that you're thinking that. So be careful. Okay. I, uh, fortunately, I don't know that. Okay. But he knows what you're thinking. You know, the concern that you have about that doctor uh, appointment coming up. He knows your motives. I always like to think he knows our first name. He knows our middle name, if you have one. He knows your Chinese name. He knows everything about you. He knows your fears and your concerns. He knows your aspirations. He knows those things that tick you off. He knows... He knows stuff about you that you don't know about yourself. He knows those gaps you have in your life. He knows those things that have gone on in your life that have affected you, but you don't know yet that they've affected you. He knows them. Recently, I've discovered there's things that have happened in my past life that I never knew affected me like they have. God knows about that. He knows those circumstances. He knows you intimately. For some people, that can be very scary. But God knows us so well. So what, how does that help us? First of all, let me just say that um, each one of us has all these different things going on inside of us. But you've come to church this morning or this afternoon, you've put on your church face. You've put on your good look. Because you, you don't, like, we don't want anybody else to know those things that cause us fear or grief or, or whatever it is. We're not giving that up. No, no. So you've put on your church face. We put on our good face. We come here this morning. <laughs> good morning. We greet each other. Give us our, I'm not, that's a good thing. Uh, personally, I'm glad you don't spill everything on me. You know, I'm not trying not to spill everything on you. But listen, we do that, don't we? But God knows. And sometimes I discover 
that what I do is I put on my church face when I go to God. But God already knows. So let's take off the church face. We can come honestly to God. And here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. When we come to God without our church face and we dump it, whether it's anger, questions, frustration, fear, whatever it is, when we do that, there's no condemnation. He's not saying, oh, you you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't be like, oh, you shouldn't. Like people that I work with, a lot of older Roman Catholics, you've got to come to God very carefully. You can't, you know, they have a whole different perspective. But God says, no, come, pour out your heart. I already know it. Come on, pour it out. Because there's no condemnation. So we can come to him. But here's, here's the part that really brings great hope to me. God knows what you need. He knows you so well. He knows when you need it. You've already experienced it. And it's still true. I may have told this story before here. I don't know, but I'm going to tell it anyway because it just helps me. Years ago, I used to be a director of a camp in Pennsylvania, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Year and a half. Tough year and a half. And one day, a, a, a friend of mine who had, been gone, had gone through the AA program, he gave me a book about the, the AA principles written by a Christian on a Christian kind of, like a Christian idea. So, so I, I started reading the book in the morning. I went to my office. I just started reading. I thought I would read a little bit before I got into the day. And, and it gripped me. It was speaking to me. I just kept reading the book the whole day. I just... I, I just read it. I didn't do anything else. I just read the book. By 5 o'clock, I finished the end of the book. It so gripped my heart. And I I was so convinced by the end of that day that my marriage was hanging by a thread because I was so controlling that I was scared. Because through that book, I realized, whoa, this is who I have been. This is what's going on in my life and how I'm relating to my wife. So as it was prearranged at 5 o'clock, and we lived on the property on the camp, I walked home and, and basically passed my wife in the day because we had prearranged that I would come home, be with the kids, and she would go and go out with a friend. She went out with her friend. No time to talk about these things. I'm, I'm just kind of in good shape. I'm taking care of the kids. It's getting late. They could put the kids to bed. It's 9 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock. She's still not home yet. It's 11 o'clock. I'm starting to wonder, is she coming home? It's 12 o'clock. This is before we had any cell phones. It's 12 o'clock. I don't know where she is. She's not calling me. And I'm now beginning to be convinced in my mind she has hit the road and she is not coming back. She is going because of how I have treated her, of how controlling I've been in her life. And she's just she's just gone. She's she's not it's too hard for her. Twelve thirty. I think around twelve thirty, I called the husband of the woman she was with. And his wife wasn't home yet either. So I breathed a sigh of relief. At least, likely they're still together. That's my hope. I think it was around 1, 1.30 they came home. They're both talkers. They just would talk through the night. They actually went from one restaurant. It closed. They went to another one. <laughs> and kept talking. 
So she came home, 1.30. That was not the time to talk. But any of these things, great, glad you're home. But next day, I was explaining to her, this is what I recognize about myself. I am so sorry that I've been this way, and I don't want to be this way. And, you know, I was, I'm assuming that she is going to say, you know, because historically, you know, I overblow things. And so, so, yeah, you know, that's true, but it's not so bad. She didn't say that. It was bad. I discovered about two months ago, she said to me, you know, just before that moment, maybe a day or two before that, I had been in the garden behind our house. We had a little garden. I was in the garden weeding, and I was talking to the Lord and saying, God, how long, how long can I handle this? How long can I stay here like this? Don't you know that God knows when we need something? God knows when we need what we need in order to move us forward. That book came at just the right time. This spring, uh, Pastor Al and Lori and, and another friend, you've probably heard of Tim Gadu and his now wife, Lori, we met in Kansas City just to get together and kind of have a reunion. We all came together. And I asked one day, I asked Lori, Tim's wife, I asked him, I said, what book would you recommend we read? You know, I, I, I always like to ask, get some recommendation. So she recommended a book by Kurt Thompson, Dr. Kurt Thompson, The Soul of Shame. Another book just dug deep into my soul, and it began, or it was actually a part of a, a whole process of God doing a very deep work in my life in these last days, that has been very difficult, but healing. God knows what we need. He knows when we need it because he knows what's going on inside of us. He knows what's within us. So guess what? The point here is, you don't have to worry about that. God will bring it to you when it's time. God will, his timing is good and perfect. He loves you and he cares about you and he's going to bring to you what you need for your growth and development and faith at the time that you need it. That's good news. We don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about these things. Because what happens is if we get so worried about this or that or the other thing, we become distracted and we cannot receive the gifts that God brings to us. Because some of the gifts don't look like gifts. They look like curses. And we get distracted by our worries and concerns and we are not able to receive the gift that it is to us. God says, I want you to live fully in the moment. You can live right now in this moment. Because guess what? I know what you need. I know exactly where you're at. I know where your family is at. I know where your children are at. I know where your health is at. I know exactly what I am doing. Guess what? You can live right now. Live fully in this moment. Enjoy this moment. I got tomorrow. So you know what? The psalmist goes on to say, if you go into the depths of the sea, I'm there. If you get way up there, I'm there. And even more importantly, if you're in a dark room and you can't see a thing, (laughs) I can see. I can see. Nothing's dark to me. I am. You turn around, I am there. You can't go anywhere without me. I am there. This is good news, friends. This is good news. Because it also means 
that God is in your past. And God is in your future. It means, because God is not limited like you and I are to time. When you were, when you were harshly treated, when you were ripped away from whatever, when you experienced that pain in the past, hey, God was there. That might cause you questions. Well, then why didn't you stop it, God? We can talk about that. But God was there. He knows about that. And you know where you're wanting to go? Where you're wanting to be? Tomorrow's concern, your doctor's appointment, your whatever, your schooling, your job. God's there already. God is there right now. He's present. He's not bound by time. So if he's there, he knows how to get you there. You don't have to worry about that. He'll get you there. Oh, you know, one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible is uh, Jesus in the boat, you know, and the, he falls asleep. And the wind and the waves come. There's lots of good stuff. I love that. <laughs> but, you know, in Mark, Mark, when he writes it, he starts out by saying, uh, and they were out there in the wilderness or wherever they were, and Jesus said, Let's go to the other side. Let's go to the other shore. What does that mean? You're going to make it to the other shore. Jesus said, we're going to the other shore. He didn't talk about what was happening in the middle. Okay, so storms and waves and whatnot. He's going to bring you there because that's what he said. You're going to get there. You can count on that. <laughs> Jesus will get you where you in- he intends you to be. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid. Bill, you, don't, Bill, you know, you've got these bills coming up. You, you don't know how it's going to... God's going to take care of that. I'm already there, God says. I'm already there. So why worry about that? I'll get you there. Live right now. Enjoy this moment. Do what I'm calling to you right now. Maybe there's some people that need your help right now. Step in. Whatever it is that God has for you in this moment, today, right now, at whatever it is, 1246. Yeah, 1246. Be here right now. Not at 1249. Not at 12 o'clock. Right now. Because God's in both places. That's good news, by the way. I'm, I'm working through this right now in my own life where I have discovered that uh, just recently, I've discovered, it's, oh, long story, but I've discovered I never bonded with my parents. There's a whole theory called uh, attachment theory. You study that. I'm, I'm a classic avoidance person. That's how I've compensated for the lack of bonding. It, it builds on from there. There's other things that related to that. But it's affected my whole life. And recently I discovered... Part of my problem is my parents never said to me, I'm proud of you, Bill. I have been working all my life to try to be good enough and have never felt good enough. I have never felt good enough for my wife, for my children, for my church, for anything for myself. I never felt good enough. It's so related to all these things in the past. And then I read in Ephesians chapter 3. Oh, that we would know the love of God. That's past finding out how big and high and deep and wide and all that. It's like the river of God's love. You know, when a river overflows, what happens? That water comes and it finds all the lowest spots and it'll fill all the lowest spots. Nothing's left. It'll fill all the lowest spots. That's God's love. It comes and fills all the lowest spots. 
All those spots of our past, God begins to fill those. He says, I can do that. God says, I can do that. Because I was there. You live in the present, Bill, and you believe that I can feel that. And I'm beginning to feel his love. I don't know how he does it. But as I live together and believe in his love, he begins to fill those spots and fill up those gaps that I have in my life. Begin to bring freedom. We were saying it with freedom and the breaking of chains. God begins to do that. He says, listen, live in the present. I love the picture of a, you know, I wish my kids were really little sometimes. You take a hold of a five-year-old. and They don't worry about the puddle that's coming up. You can lift them over if you want, or you can let them walk through, whatever, but you know, you hold your hand. They're just enjoying being with you. They're not worrying about the truck coming down the street. They don't care about that. It doesn't matter. I'm with Dad. Dad knows what he's doing. Oh, put your hand in the hand of Jesus every day. It's part of what it means to walk and live by the Spirit of God. Putting your hand in his hand. Okay, today, Jesus, okay, I'm walking with you. It's your plan that counts. Okay, this is my plan that I have with God. I'm going to walk with you today. See what you're going to do today. What's the adventure that you have today? I'm not going to worry about whether this bike is going to make it to Pennsylvania. I'm going to live in this moment. I'll walk, ride with you. I'm going to enjoy this ride. We'll see what happens when we get there. I'm going to enjoy this moment. You can, that's what God wants. He wants us to enjoy. And then he goes on to say, I forgot. What does he say? Psalm 39, Oh, darkness. Oh, you formed me in my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I created you. Oh, I like this part. I created you. And we say, oh, God, but the problems are so big that I'm looking at. I'm not sure how it's going to be dealt with. We're not there yet. I created you, Bill. I created you just the way that you are. And guess what? I can still create. Guess what? I created this whole world out of what? Nothing. Nothing. You say, well, this problem is too big. I see no options for how to fix it. I created this world out of nothing. What, do you think that's a problem for me? I can, I can create a, a, a solution where there doesn't appear to be a solution. I, have, I work out of nothingness to create something. I, I open red seas when it's time. Listen, the problems that we're facing, the things that we're worrying about, past or present or future, God can deal with those things. He says, I got this. I got this. So live in the present. Enjoy. Just know I'm with you right now. Listen, you can live in this day, in, in this moment. This moment just stays with you. Just stay in this moment. As the clock ticks, stay in this moment. Enjoy God's presence. He says, I'll be with you. So he ends up by saying, hey, my thoughts towards you are more than what? The grains of sand on the seashore. That's a lot of thoughts. That's a lot of thoughts. You know, he loves you. He loves me. He's thinking about us. And he just wants us to enjoy being with him. He wants us to walk the path of this life with him, in the moment, with him. He knows you. And he cares.
One of the uh, best pictures for me in this, uh, or, or <laughs> I remember Pete Scazzaro talking about uh, his daughter. I think I met him and said this before, but again, you know, I just, I'm just reminding you. He, he talks about his daughter when she was, uh, I think, 9 or 10 or 11. They were walking along, and they live in Queens, and walking along and, and with his daughter beside him. And this group of young people, loud and crazy, you know, teenagers, like 10, 20 of them, they were, came around the corner, and they're coming towards them. You know, and that's kind of scary thought. You know, you know what these hoodlum-like people are going to do. You don't never know. Well, she certainly didn't know, and she was getting scared. You could tell she was getting kind of nervous about these, this whole horde of people coming towards them. So he just reached over took her hand. And she immediately began to relax. Don't you know that's what God wants? He wants you to just grab his hand. Live in this day with him. He's got tomorrow. If you've got issues of the past, he's got that too. He's going to work that out. Live with him today. Listen to him today. Spend time with him today. He's going to take care of tomorrow. When I got to Pennsylvania, got off 209 and went down and I stopped, my bike didn't run very well. And it took me another hour to find the bike because I kept making wrong turns. It's crazy out there and and my GPS wasn't working. And at one point, I had no GPS signal, even when I stopped. And then my bike really stopped. I could had to take tools out to get it going. And in that process, when I entered into that area that time, it came to me. You know what the problem is here, Bill? The problem is, is you're having the same problem your, your daughter's having. The altitude. Your bike, it's an old bike. Your bike is not adjusted for this altitude. God said, don't worry about it. When I was right, enjoy the ride. When, I, when you get there, we'll take care of it then. I got to her bike, started up, took it to her. I'm hoping she'll make it back. Listen, God has the future. The things you worry about, let him take care of it. Live in the present. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We can call you Father. Thank you that we can call you the shepherd of our lives, that you defend us. Lord, help us to live today. Help us to believe that you truly are the one that knows everything about us, the one that can work everything out for good in our lives, the one that's in our future and in our past, the one that's present here. Lord, help us to believe you and to live fully right now. Lord, lead us a little bit further this morning into the faith, trusting you and enjoying what you're doing right now. Lord, we love you. Thank you that you love us so deeply that you want that joy for us. In Jesus' name, amen.